Hello and welcome to Kabam Mavs. I am your host, Jesse Matarazzo. Happy Thanksgiving for those who celebrate Thanksgiving and happy Thursday for everyone else. I hope you have a great day. Wow, what an offseason it was. I wanted to wait until our uh, the dust has settled on our roster for me to do a pod. I think the dust has settled. No trades happened. Bogey went to uh, Atlanta. We got 16 uh, roster spots filled, and we can only have 15. So we'll see what happens in camp coming up next week. But overall, I'm very excited to talk about the new 2020-2021 Dallas Mavericks roster. The Dallas Mavericks 2020-2021 roster is unofficial. Uh, We have unofficially 16 players that are being signed. We can only have 15. Um, Training uh, training camp will decide who is going to be the odd man out. Is there going to be a trade? Will it be cut? Um, This is routine stuff. Even if they have a guaranteed contract, it's not uh, uncommon to cut or get rid of a guaranteed contract. So, Um, We will see what it turns out to be, but unofficially, according to ESPN, the roster is as follows. J.J. Barea, Jalen Brunson, Trey Burke, Willie Cauley-Stein, Luka Doncic, Dorian Finney-Smith, Josh Green, Tim Hardaway Jr., James Johnson, Maxi Kleba, Boban, KP, Dwight Powell, Josh Richardson, Tyrell Terry, and Wes Nduwu. Now, those are the 16 that are... Uh, unofficially signed and then we are going to have a two-way contract with Tyler Bay and Nate Hinton and then a camp invite to Freddie Gillespie. Now if you haven't been keeping up that roster is quite a bit different than it was last year. A lot of new names, uh, some names weren't mentioned. So let's get into the changes but the biggest change in the roster in my opinion is the trade that sent Seth Curry to Philadelphia for Josh Richardson and the pick that would become Tyler Bay. Now, what this did was probably put us from elite three-point shooting team to very good three-point shooting team. Losing that 45% uh, three-point shooting from Seth does hurt. However, Josh Richardson all overall is, in my opinion, a better player. He's a starting caliber player. Seth Curry, give you limited minutes. There were like 30, over 30% of his games where he did not even uh, make a three, uh, whether it be injuries or him just not taking any shots, him not being able to get shots off. Uh, He's very efficient when he's shooting, but that doesn't mean he's always shooting. He's uh, had a lot of times where he's just not been aggressive enough. Um, Now, if he learns to be more aggressive... Uh, and finds m- more skills to get his shot off. He's a he's an amazing player, and he may have a breakout season, uh, maybe next year. And we're going to be feeling a little weird about that trade. But f- for my money, uh, I think I'd rather have Josh Richardson, who is more balanced. No, he's not the shooter that Seth is, and he's never going to be. Uh, he may not ever even be a forty percent three-point shooter. However, he brings a lot of defensive intensity. Uh, He's able to guard guards um, like 
the Bookers and the Dames and the Jamal Murrays and the Donovan Mitchells of the world. We didn't have anyone that could defend those type of players, and now we do. Now, he's not going to be a ball stopper. He's not going to be first-team all-defense and just shut those guys down, but he's going to do a much better job than Seth Curry. And he provides a little bit more playmaking than Seth, a little bit more... um, you know, being able to get to the basket, being able to pass, uh, come off screen, certain things like that, that Seth um, didn't really do a lot of. He was certainly capable of coming off screens. He was certainly capable of getting to the basket. He just didn't do that enough. And I think Richardson probably gives us um, a little bit more there. He did score a little bit more. He's going to be in a um, better offense suited for his skill set. Now, he isn't going to change the lineup. He's not the star player that we all wanted, but he's going to be very effective, and he's on a uh, very considerable um, contract. So he's going to be in a situation where he will be able to thrive if he puts in the work, and he has a player option for next year that he will likely turn down because it's very low for his skill set. So all in all, I'm very happy about that trade. Getting Tyler Bay gives us a very large wing defender that has length and athleticism and defensive ability and has been shown that he can hit a three-point shot. He shot at a very high percentage on really low usage. So Tyler Bay, I believe, is going to be a very effective player. At least, you know, he's only got the two-way spot right now, but there are going to be no limits on how many games a two-way player can play in the NBA this season, and I think the Mavericks are going to take advantage of that by putting him on the two-way spot. So all in all, I think that is a huge upgrade defensively and more it's going to give us a more balanced team. Now the objective I think in this offseason was maybe sacrifice a little bit of that elite offense and maybe even dropping us down to the number two or three offense in the um, NBA and raising our defense up into the top 10. If we can get that um, balance there, I think that we will become a real playoff contender. Our objective going into the draft was to get better defensively, get more athletic, get longer, get players with good motor, uh, with uh, energy and intensity, uh, wanting some dogs that can go out there and battle. I think we did that with the 18th pick in Josh Green. He's got a Really high motor. I know some people think it's motor's cliche or whatever else, but if you really watch this guy play, he plays with tenacious defense. He brings it on the defensive end. He's got the length. He's got the footwork. He's got the recovery speed, the closeout speed uh, to be really just terrorize offenses. Um, He's a very smart player. Um, He's also an international guy from Australia. And Josh Green. Josh Green is... A solid shooter, a very good catch-and-shoot shooter, um, shooting over 40% in catch-and-shoot shots. Uh, He's got probably the highest defensive upside in the draft and probably one of the most athletic players in the draft. So I think at number 18, getting Josh Green was a smart pickup because I think 
that the Mavs can get his shot better. He shot 36% from three in college, but the one thing he did do really well was catch and shoot. Now, he's also very good in transition, uh, both passing and transition and uh, getting quick dunks. So he really shows his length and his athleticism on both ends of the floor. Now, he's going to need to learn how to score inside, and he's going to need to refine that shot. But I think those are two very manageable, manageable things for him. And in the end, it will... Uh, I think he has the upside to become an elite 3 and D player. Maybe a little bit more on the D side. Maybe a little bit more like a Robert Covington than a Clay Thompson. But nonetheless, I think he brings a little bit more athleticism and shiftiness than Covington going to the basket. Now, can he finish? That's what he needs to work on. If he's going in straight for a dunk, uh, he's very effective. If he can refine that slashing ability... But his inside layup, layups and just having the, the uh, skill set to finish inside is something he's really going to need to work on, as well as him being able to just... He's got the strength to really finish inside. He's, he's, a, he's two, 210 pounds, but he's very uh, strong. He's got good hips, and his base is very solid. And he's got good broad shoulders and arms. I think he's going to be very effective inside eventually. He just needs a little bit more confidence and a little bit more skill set there in the inside. But for now, he's going to be a catch-and-shoot, three-point shot, and a defender. And at this point, I think he's going to be very effective on that end. So we got more athletic. We got longer. We um, got better defensively with that pick. Now, the second objective that we had in the draft that we didn't know that we were going to need was replacing the production of Seth Curry on the shooting side of the ball. So Tyrell Terry brings you elite shooting coming out of college, very consistent, very sound shooter. The uh, the shot is very sound. There's not going to be much work to do there. Uh, He has an ability to really uh, make tough shots, make deep shots. The consistency is more in the lower body where he's landing, um, things like that, the way he jumps. Certain little things you can tweak, but for the most part, he's super, super sound on that end. Now, the knock on him and the reason why he fell at six, uh, being 6'2", was his size and he was would have been the lightest player in the draft. Now, he has gained more weight. He's around 180 right now. I think he's still going to be undersized, and I'm worried about him gaining weight too fast. You can tell when you look at pictures of him before the draft process and uh, you know during the season into now. He's gained a considerable amount of weight. Now, he doesn't look fat, but in his face... It looks like he gained weight a little bit too quickly. Um, so we'll, we'll see what he does there. Hopefully his, he grows into his body and doesn't try to rush it too much because you know that's when you can start to get injuries when you put on weight that fast. So we'll see how that works. But I think he got a lot better uh, athletically being able to you know get in there. And he's, he's got videos of him just 
between the legs, dunking and everything else. So he's not Trey Young where he's too small to even dunk. Um, he's got that down. He, he does have the handles. He has the passing ability. His IQ is through the roof. Uh, he graded higher than um, basically anyone in those interviews. So he's going to have the IQ. He's going to have the shot. He can come off screens. He can shoot. He's not just a catch-and-shoot guy. He can shoot off the dribble. He can stop in a diamond shoot. He can come off screens and shoot. So he's going to be able to do a little bit more than just stand there and shoot like uh, a Josh Green would be. So I'm really high on Terry. I think he can... I think he has a high upside. I think he does have a ceiling of a fringe all-star, possibly. So I, I don't think that that is the most likely scenario. I think the most likely scenario is him uh, to come in and in a couple of years be on the level of a Seth Curry, just maybe a little bit more aggressive. So then you get into Tyler Bay, which Bay was another great pick. He was my pick for the 31st pick. Uh, thinking that Bain wouldn't be there, and which he wasn't. Uh, <laughs> the Grizzlies came out and stole him right from under us. But he, Tyler Bay is one of those players that is super athletic, super long, uh, broke the record for the highest vertical uh, in the class. He is a very good defender. He needs to get a bit, a bit stronger, uh, work a little bit on his footwork. He needs to... Um, just get a little bit more confidence playing long alongside big fours and fives. I think he's better suited to be a four or five defender in the league. I think he's got the ability to even guard uh, the point guard. But I think really ultimately you want to get his strength up to where he's able to guard uh, larger defenders. I think athletically he's amazing and he will be able to be a competent rim runner. Um, he's only, there's listings that say he's 6'7", listings that say he's as high as 6'9". Um, I think he's probably more in the 6'7 range, but a, a taller 6'7". Um, so I think he's probably going to be guarding threes and smaller fours in the league, which is fine. I think that he gives a, a different skill set than Green, and I like that he's a little bit bigger and longer than Green. So it gives us a little bit more of a change of pace there. He, he's probably going to fit in to that Dorian role very well. Um, he does shoot. He shot only one three a game, but it was at 41%. So uh, we'll see how he does adding a little bit more uh, attempts into his game. He was also very um, he was also very good at slashing and getting putbacks and rebounding, um, getting offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. He averaged nine rebounds a game. He's one of the more prolific rebounders in the draft class. So I think you get a lot with Bay. I think he's probably going to be one of those. G League guys early in the year, and I don't think he plays a lot um, coming in, but I do think he's an upgrade from Antonius Cleveland. I do think he's going to probably get a lot more minutes, and I think once they find out an offensive role for him, he's going to make 
a big impact. I think if you want to have him as a spot-up corner shooter and a rim runner, he's going to be effective on that end after a little bit of tweaking. And defensively, I think he can really defend on all fronts. So overall, I'm very happy with this draft class. If you were to say a few days before that we would be getting Terry, who was projected as a top 20 pick, um, Green, who is also in the same area, and Tyler Bay, who is projected at 31. And we also got better with Josh Richardson. That's a home run for me. I'm super, super excited about our draft day. And I know I've already done a draft podcast, but I wanted to reiterate how good it was. It was an A-plus for me on that day. But let's get into the offseason, because that's a different story. The Mavs offseason was kicked off with another trade because that's what Donnie does. He makes trades. So this trade for me was an A as well. We traded uh, DeLon Wright and Justin Jackson in a giant monolith trade with like maybe seven teams. We don't even know. Um, Nobody knows all the details. Woj corrected himself quite a few times. So does Shams. We'll find out. Uh, what all happened in that trade. But long story short, DeLon's gone, Justin Jackson's gone, and we got James Johnson. Now, James Johnson, some of you may be saying, who is James Johnson? James Johnson is a two-way, 33-year-old wing who's about 6'7 to 6'9, very similar to Tyler Bay, and hopefully we'll take him under his wing and teach him how to play. But uh, the thing about... James Johnson is, this dude is a very good, underrated passer, a very good defender, still very athletic at 33, and can hit a shot in a pinch. He is a enforcer. If you couldn't get Jay Crowder, getting a player like James Johnson is a nice consolation prize. James Johnson is also an undefeated MMA fighter. So if anybody comes stepping at Luka it's going to be pretty wild. We're setting ourselves up with all this defensive intensity to being somewhat like uh, a bad boy Pistons light. We can just surround Luca with a bunch of dogs that will just straight up stop you, frustrate you offensively uh, with all of that, and on the defensive end, just shut you down. Um, maybe that's a bit hyperbole, you know, these guys, a lot of them are rookies that need to develop, but James Johnson brings an edge. He brings a toughness. He brings defense. He brings adequate shooting at 36%. That's above league average. I'll take it for what he gives you on the other side of the ball. Um, I don't really know if he's going to play that many minutes. The biggest thing for him is he's got an expiring $16 million contract which means that we are going to have even more cap space next year. We are going to have more than just a max slot. We will be able to bring in uh, another nice piece if we were to bring in a max player. We could say, hey, not only can we bring you in, we can bring in you know, another really good player to join Luca and KP. Now, I'm very happy about how they did that because DeLon did have quite a few more years on that contract. And Justin Jackson was just kind of dead weight. We're, we're kind of transferring both of those guys into one player that we will probably use quite a bit, especially while 
KP's out because he can play the four in small ball lineups. Now, the other thing we did in the offseason is re-sign Willie Cauley-Stein, re-sign Trey Burke, which I think aren't the most glamorous moves, but if you understood our cap situation, what we were trying to do next year, and who was available and what they wanted, I don't think there was a single piece on there that we could have retained all of our key needs and given somebody another deal. The reason being is that we were not willing to offer, one, a bigger role, or two, a more length of years. And because we were unwilling to do that so we could have the cap flexibility, we missed on a Crowder. We missed on a Gasol. We missed on um, you know players like Ibaka uh, because they were offered more years, they were offered uh, more money, or they were offered a bigger role. So we couldn't really do that. And from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, Mav's doing the same thing every single time. I'm so frustrated with this, blah, blah. We should have got bogey. We should got all these players. Da, da, da. But when you really break down every single player that was available, they wanted more years and we couldn't give that. They wanted more money. We couldn't give that. Or they wanted a bigger role and we couldn't give that. So um, in my opinion, we did what was right. The last deal we did, it's kind of a head scratcher for me. I think we shored up the wing spot and in offering a guaranteed deal uh, for a two-year two deal for uh, Wes Nduwu, uh, or Uwundu. I'm sorry if I, I think it's Uwundu. Um, offering that was a head scratcher. I think he's going to be an okay rotational person at the end of, uh, end of your bench, but... Uh, you know, I've watched some tape on him. I've watched some live games of him. He does have a, a, an okay feel for the game. I think he's a little off going into the basket. He's a little off on a shot. He's, you know, I think just needs more confidence. And I think there's enough athletic talent for him to, you know, get better. I don't know if he's really the right fit on the roster. And I think he is the the 16th man uh, to get cut, keeping it at a 15-man roster. So, you know, he, he's a lengthy 6-7 uh, wing uh, that can play pretty good defense and has an adequate offensive game. He can ball hand a little, a little bit. He can pass a little bit. He can do a lot of things a little bit. I would say he does remind me a little bit of a DeLon Wright Um but I don't think he's quite as skilled as DeLon. And I think it was more of, let's bring all these wings into the camp and see what sticks, right? So um, I'm okay with it. I'm indifferent. I think at this point, we know what the deal is. We're trying to have as much opportunity next year, and we're kind of just getting players that can be of service. So uh, maybe he turns into something, but I would not expect very much of uh, Wes. So that's really how our roster shook out. Uh, I think them signing JJ again is a mixed bag. You could argue for both sides of this argument. You could say, well, you need to... I would understand if you're signing him and he's the 15th spot and we need to fill a 15th spot. Absolutely. 
Now, with someone else getting cut and he being on the roster, uh, you do you would like a younger player to have that opportunity. I think that especially if we cut one of the rookies, if we cut Tyler Bay, I think I would be very upset. If we cut um, you know, one of our draft picks in general, I would be very upset for JJ because JJ can still get a job. Um, and these guys are fighting for an opportunity to win, uh, to actually be on a team. Um, same with Uwundu. So um, I am not super happy about it because of it being the 16-person roster that needs to be 15. But I do understand that having that veteran leadership as a player is very big and you do need leadership. However, I do think that our team isn't the young team we were a year ago, isn't the young team we were two years ago. I think we have some vet leadership. We got Maxi, we have Dodo. You know, even though Luca's young, he's a tried and true uh, championship uh, champion in his own right uh, in various leagues. So, um, I don't necessarily think it's a huge need. We have our locker room guy in Boban, um, but he, you know the Mavs are loyal. They stay with their guys, and uh, that's the culture. And if you want to keep that culture going, sometimes you got to make those moves. So hopefully we can find a solution. I'd like him to stay on as a coach um, or them sign him, cut him. That way he can keep his money and then have him as a coach. I think that's the best scenario. So uh, whatever they do, you know, that's why they get paid a bunch of money and I don't get paid anything. All right, moving on. So Jesse, did we get better or did we not? I know that's what you're asking if you haven't been paying attention. I think that we are a better team. I think we are a more well-rounded team. I do think our offense is going to take a little bit of a step back for our defense to take a step up. And I do think our defense still may struggle a bit because of how young our players are and uh, how long it'll take the defenders to develop. But we did get a mixture of good vets and rookies to come in. So I don't think Bay makes a big impact. And I don't even really think Josh Green will make too big of an impact. I think he's going to have the same sort of impact as he's probably going to give the same amount of minutes as a Justin Jackson did at the bottom of the bench. Um, but I do think that he will progress nicely towards the end of the year. And he's someone that you're going to want in two years when we are battling for championships. He's going to be a guy that can really change the game with his defense and athleticism. So um, while I don't think the defense will be felt right away, I do think that it will be felt and I think that our offense will take a step back. But I do see us being able to get our defense in the top half of the league. I think that's a realistic expectation. We may not be top 10, but if we can be like top 14, top 13, I think that translates to a lot more closer wins. I think our our clutch percentage was horrible. And having that extra defense at the end of games to get stops so Luca can you know, may, uh, wave his magic wand and make magic. I think that that is a really good combination. Bringing in uh, Johnson and 
Richardson is going to definitely make an impact on our defense. It won't be all on Dorian Finney-Smith to stop people. It won't be all on Maxi. We're going to have a better combination of that. And if Rick Carlisle can bring in a culture of defense first mentality, our offense is going to come because we score in a half court offense anyway. So our offense isn't going to be uh, as affected by our defensive uh, philosophy. And in turn, that is going to translate to wins. So I do think that we are a higher seed next year. KP not being there is going to be an issue However, we didn't have KP a lot last year either. So uh, there is going to be times where we're, we're just going to have to accept the fact that we're not going to have KP all the time. We have a shorter season, so KP not having the whole season anyway is not a huge thing as long as he can be back by mid-January to early Feb- February. I think that we will be able to avoid a lot of a big de- deficit uh, trying to um, get our higher seeding back. I think we are a playoff team. I think we may not be the higher seed than we thought we were. I think we could still be the seventh seed because we were losing to losing KP for such a big chunk of the season. I don't know if we're able to really keep that high seed. But I do think that we may be able to, if we are favorably matched up, as long as we don't have, you know, the Lakers or the Clippers first round again, I do think that we see a second round um, play. Anyway, guys, I wanted to wrap this up. I know it's Thanksgiving. I want you guys to spend time with your family. Uh, Maybe you're listening to this cooking or whatever, but I'm sure your family's uh, tired of you listening to boring sports podcasts. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up here. But one thing I did want to say is I really appreciate all of you that listen. I want to um, give a shout out though. There is an app called, and they're not my sponsor or anything like that, but there's an app called the Locker Room app. You can download that app and we can all talk Mavs basketball. It's been a really positive experience. A real, a bunch of really smart uh, basketball minds are on there. There's writers, there's podcasters um, from all over the NBA, not just NBA, but all sports. They talk about everything from, I was in a room where they were talking about The Bachelor. I mean, there's all sorts of rooms where you can talk about different things, but it's all audio. And then you have a discussion board at the bottom where you can type. So it's a really nice format. If you're shy, you don't want to show your face. You can still have a conversation about sports with other um, you know, knowledgeable people either in sports or just casual fans that want to talk sports. But I've had a very positive experience there. It's always been very positive. There's been, I've not heard anyone argue or really be disrespectful to anyone at all, uh, which is amazing. Um, It's a lot more positive experience than Twitter. Um, I think that's because people are actually talking to each other and having a conversation. And most people wouldn't say the same awful things they'd say over typing. So um, download that and follow me. Uh, my name is Jesse Matarazzo. I'm on there. Um, you'll see the Kabam Sports or the Kabam Mavs logo. A lot of other great follows on there. So get on there, have a conversation, add me, start your own live, do whatever. We I'll be uh, having live podcast uh, on there soon. We did the live draft podcast on the Blue Hardwood 
uh, on the Locker Room app, and you can check that uh, Blue Hardwood episode, uh, the draft episode they have, and listen to all their stuff. That's a great podcast that talks Mavs. Um, so anyway, guys, I really appreciate it. Give that a download, like, and subscribe on all the platforms and all that. Give me a five-star rating if you would like, um, tweet me if you don't like. So, um, all right guys, happy holidays and you have a good one.